Chapter 1 The Tapes I don't know why I'm doing this, he said over the crackles of the tape recorder. I guess I'll go check on the cows. Click. The tape stopped. That was the end. I couldn't believe what I had just heard, what I had just found, what I held in my hands, and what a gift it was. Suddenly, I knew everything was going to be okay. We were going to get through this. Just a few months before I discovered the tapes, my dad, Ron Arnold, died in an accident on our farm. I was 22, newly married, pregnant with our first child, and taking classes at South Dakota State University 45 minutes away. One day, I finally got the courage to go clean out his pickup. Now, Everyone who has a farmer or a rancher in their family knows they live out of their pickups. Everything important can be found in the cab, including wallets, bills to pay, cattle and seed records. The console is littered with dusty little notes about things that need to be done, jotted down on whatever may be handy, food wrappers, scrap paper, or cardboard from a tool package. The little micro cassettes mixed in the jumble of odds and ends in Dad's console, however, contained something more important than just his latest fleeting to-do list. They were something he clearly wanted to leave behind. They were kind of a record of everything he had done and how he did it. Dad's truck was his office. It was his desk, his filing cabinet, his library. As every farmer's kid knows, if you need to find something important, the first place you look is in the cab of his pickup. But since the accident, I just could not bring myself to go clean out his truck. It was just too hard. Now, I am not a sappy person. I don't get particularly emotional about things. I am not a procrastinator. If something needs doing, I just go do it. But this was the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life. I was still in shock that he was gone. My dad was indestructible. He never quit and never let anything stop him. I remember sitting at his funeral days after the accident and staring at his casket. He was 49 when he died. I thought to myself, yep, he's going to sit up any minute. No way he is really dead. He's going to sit up and tell us to get back to work. Those were hard days. I was devastated. I had lost my anchor. But there were also more pressing problems for my family and me. How were we going to keep it all going? How were we going to make a living? Would we be able to keep the farm afloat? Every day was filled with thousands of questions to which I had no answers. What seed should we plant? What field to plant first? What is the price we need for our calves to keep the cattle operation running? What neighbor is giving me the best advice? It was overwhelming and I was not handling it well. I could not sleep. I got real quiet and kept my thoughts to myself. I did the only thing I really knew how to do, which was work, and I worked hard. Obviously, I was not the only one suffering, and I wasn't any help in that department. According to my family, I got hard and angry and, at times, downright mean. My mom kept telling me I needed to grieve. Well. I didn't want to. I didn't even know what that meant. I just wanted to work. I wanted to be outside doing what dad always did. Work was the only thing that provided me with a bit of peace, a moment of respite from the overwhelming dread I had about the future. 
I literally had no idea how we were going to keep this family business going without my dad. Worst of all, I could see it in the neighbor's eyes when they came over to check on us or chatted with me at the sale barn or grain elevator. They also were worried we wouldn't make it. The easiest thing to do probably would have been to sell everything and find a new line of work, take a break and figure out a new future. But in my head, I could hear dad's voice saying to me, don't ever sell land, Christy. God isn't making any more land. Hearing dad's voice in my head seemed natural because the truth is, I'm a whole lot like him. I am not afraid of hard work. I am strong and even more strong-willed. As my husband Brian likes to say, you always pick the hardest option. There will be three options and you always pick the most impossible one. That's really hard to be married to. Turns out, Brian is pretty tough too. We have been married 30 years now.